With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming We'll go on getting back, on getting back, on getting back, on getting back. There's every chance that Wayne Rooney could go back to the Man United training ground and stick one on Ronaldo. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. Welcome back to Dream. Of our lives, the football podcast for alternative yet informative coverage of Euro 2020, brought to you by the Sports Social Network. What an episode we have lined up for you today. Incredible, sensational, breathtaking, something we weren't expecting are all some adjectives that have been used to describe Roger Federer's shock exit from the Wimbledon quarterfinals. I am joking, of course. England reached a major final for the first time in 55 years. Before Man was on the moon, John Lennon was still in his prime, and there were only three TV channels. 1966 was also the height of the Cold War, and many people were fearing for their lives. You could say 2021 has been much the same. Italy also made it to the Euro 2020 final for only the ninth time. Oh, poor you. Only your ninth major final. Oh, oh, let's cry for Italy. Ah. Honestly, Italians, get over yourselves. 
Coming up in today's show, we cover the most important English victory potentially ever. Spain looks the better team, but penalties were fluffed by Alvaro Morata and Danny almost. We preview the final between England and Italy coming up on Sunday and our regular features return with Dio and Odio and the semi-final of What's in Your Panini. You're going to have to stick around for those coming up at the end of the show. Um, Harry, joining me once again, of course. England 2, Denmark 1, first final in 55 years. I mean, we could talk about this all day. Uh, don't worry, listeners, we won't. Um, <laughs> but um, it's probably, let's, let's go through the emotions of the game, what it means. Because, you know, we've guys listening to this have probably listened to Sky Sports, Talk Sport, and all the other major platforms. But what they fail to do is kind of symbolise how much this means to the average day goer, to people twice our age who, you know, maybe born in 1967 and they've had that kind of monkey on their back of not being alive uh, to see England in a major final. What what does this mean? It's, uh, it's everything, isn't it? It's just it's just massive, man. I remember uh, hearing so many times, like, you know, we might never do it in our lifetime we may never get to a final again and uh you know that that message has been passed down by people who truly believe that because they're of an age now where they are actually thinking yeah i'm not going to see this and all of a sudden bam here it is so yeah you can't underestimate how much this means to people like whatever you want to say about football and the money involved and all that stuff when it comes to international football this is what you know the feeling it can give you is what football is all about really Good answer. And on a scale of one to ten, how stressful was this game? <laughs> uh, literally after the game, uh, Hannah turned around and said to me, "I don't think you enjoyed that." <laughs> I completely concur. I, I did not enjoy watching that whatsoever. But as I as I, I tell you what, over the, over this podcast series we've done, I think we've actually predicted things quite correctly. Not necessarily, you know, dark horse. Okay, let's not speak about that. Uh, Turkey <laughs> in the bin. Um, but in relatively to how England have played and how we think things are going to pan out, um, I think we've predicted things quite correctly. Uh, we will get on to the actual game itself, but I wanted to talk about the emotion beforehand and the kind of atmosphere, I guess. But we we knew Denmark were going to be difficult. Yeah, We knew it was going to be tense. It will... <sighs> I think it's the most difficult England game I've ever watched slash most difficult game I've watched because, as we said last week, this semi-final is more important than the final. Now we've made the final. I mean, it hasn't quite sunk in yet, but now we've made the final. It doesn't matter what happens. Obviously, we'd love to win. Yeah, Even 100%. if we lost, those those players in that squad are still heroes. You know, They'd still get clapped off the plane. Even though it's a yeah. bit, uh, off the bus, whatever. But um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Does does was it the most tense game of your life? And do you think the semi final, even if if we win on Sunday, the semi final will be forgotten? But I think to me, it's yeah. it's the most important game. Um, it was so like just watching it from like first five minutes, and you're like, okay, maybe we're gonna, you know, cruise to this. And then obviously you just see Denmark grow and grow, and then that, that free kick gets given, and it's just like for something it didn't need to happen, you know, just holding on to a player for a second too long, and you're like, and then it goes in, and that's it. You start thinking, oh, this is England. This is what we know. This is familiar. 
and you all that dread starts seeping in and you feel like we've been out to forget about that this summer like we've been watching good you know us go never go down by a goal so to see that was really a sort of like oh devastating but then watching the rest of us like game move on and forward like the emotion and just everything about it it's definitely the most like you say most stressful but roasting the glasses looking back now like wonderful game <laughs> that the time yeah. man it was just horrid there was a turning a hard point. watch there was a turning point in the game I mean we'll get onto the game specifically um, after in a few minutes time but the turning point for me was you know because this is one thing I did well there's one thing I got drastically wrong and that's something I've been saying all tournament is that when England do finally concede a goal how do we bounce back and I didn't you know when the, when the damn squad scored that free kick yesterday I didn't think we were going to bounce back and it looked like for a good 20-30 minutes after that goal went in it did look like we were we were going to find momentum again, and it did scare me. And I was just like, "Oh for fuck's sake, when are we ever going to get to the semi final again?" You know, all these thoughts going through my head. Um, but one thing I think I did get right was that when Damsgaard and Dolberg went off and Paulson came on, Denmark looked shite. They they England from that moment on, England were the better team. Yeah, um, cool. in extra time, especially it's like Gareth said at full time whistle. Don't let this go to penalties. It's in your hands. Don't yeah. let it be like a, you know, a game of luck. Um, and we were by far the better team, I'd say, from 80 minutes onwards. Up until yeah. 80 minutes, I think it was 50-50, maybe 51-49 um, in, the, in the sway of England, just because we were creating more chances. But fair play to the Danes. Like This is a bloody good achievement for them. And I think they could finally say they were the dark horses of the tournament. I think that will go unparalleled. I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't you can't have you know without going into it too much. The credit all goes to the Danish because for most of that game, you know, it was tight. It, to be fair, like it's you know, it's really unfair on them in, in so many ways. It's like an own goal and controversial decision and things like that, but. Forgetting that, they played so well throughout that game. And they, you know, a lot of people thought this was going to be, oh, it's only, only, it only going to be one winner and things like this. But <laughs> up until. There's people don't watch football there. No, yeah. And up until that sort of, uh, like I said, 80th minute when we really started to dominate the game, uh, you felt like it could go either way. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like they, they would, and, you know. It was when they were keeping possession in like the first half, and I was like, "Fucking hell, we've not seen this before." Um, you know, they were playing, ironically, probably like Italy going to play at the weekend. But um, yeah, I was I was very scared at one point. I think with this team, you just got they just obviously got to trust them to break down teams. But Denmark looked like the strong, like they look the hardest team to break down. What we played in, in in so many ways, like obviously, you know, you could you could argue uh, for other for other teams we've played to maybe have been better quality or a harder game but I actually think Denmark you know maybe just from the fans perspective but it was like there's so many times during that game I thought nah this isn't happening and that's because they were playing you know Michael was playing out his skin and there was just so many moments where you're like oh this could be it you know but thankfully you know we had a bit of luck on our side (laughs) absolutely well I think well I heard this on the radio and um, 
I was listening to Talksport earlier on, and we'll get onto the controversial penalty a little bit later on. But you, you could argue that Harry Kane should have had one a bit earlier on, which yeah. is probably more of a penalty than Sterling going down was. But sometimes you need that element of luck. And, you know, VAR was consulted, so they've had a very decent look at it for one. And for two, um, how many times have England been screwed over in the past? 1986, Maradona's handball, penalties, Germany, 96 and 90. Uh, Lampard's goal being disallowed, 2010. There's uh, David Beckham, 98, being sent off. Rooney being sent off, 2004. We've had our fucking fair share of hard luck, you know. For sure. It's about, it's, and, you know, apparently it was remarkably soft another day that wouldn't have gone, you know, would have been given. But on the balance of play at that time, we were the better team. And I think Denmark, they can be angry about it for a few days, but I think they got conceded when they watched the extended highlights back. On the balance of play, we were maybe 1% better. And that was 1% is all you need. For sure. Yeah, we definitely seem to be like the better team. There's no doubt about that. But, I don't know if I want to go through that again and we've got to go through it all again on uh, Sunday. <laughs> oh, mate, it's going to be terrible, isn't it? It'll be like, I don't know how to describe it. It'll be like the worst. I don't know. How can you put, it's, it doesn't, it's unparalleled to anything else, isn't it? It'd be like yeah. being driven around in a supercar rather than being in control yourself, if that makes sense. <laughs> like you get the thrill, but you might be a few dangerous turns in there. Um, which is bizarre. Yeah, it's mad. Um, did I tell you about my dream I had a couple of days ago? I'm not sure. Oh, uh, yes, about, about England losing, but it was to Argentina and Crimea. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a crazy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen listening, I had a crazy anxiety dream. I couldn't barely, I've barely slept this week. Um, <laughs> about Argentina in the Euros and how they knocked us out the semi finals. How Argentina <laughs> got into the Euros. And Messi scored the winning penalty. They're not starting penalties. Surprise, surprise. And then Messi is like consoling Mason Mount or something. That's all I remember from that. But the weirder one was the People's Republic of Crimea, which isn't even legally an area, let alone a football team, who for some reason were wearing red, white and blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, knocked us out of the semi-finals as well, which is even weirder. It's bizarre, isn't it? can't explain that <laughs> if uh if for some reason Crimea does become <laughs> its own nation with its own football team if they play in red white blue you've got to start taking your dreams a bit more serious I need to buy some lottery tickets <laughs> okay here's a, here's a weird question for you um and this is a bit bizarre I guess because I think before 2018 let's say because before 2018 that semi-final against that was an achievement in itself uh, let alone, you know, forgetting the t- teams we played, etc. We do a noughties-based podcast. And, you know, we and many, many other people do in this country and around the world idolise the England team of the 90s. That was our last kind of successful period. We got to a semi-final in 1990 and a semi-final at Wembley in 96. That was the golden era of English football and arguably the best England team we've had since 66. Does that all disappear in the sands of time and get replaced by this current squad you've got to back-to-back semi-finals which hasn't been done before it's so hard right because yeah it will I'm sure but for us that seems and a bit and strange then, and then, I know for us it is strange and then even worse than that 
the golden generation of Beckham, Rooney, Gerrard, Lampard yeah. is completely dis gone. Because yeah. if you're looking back at this in 20, 30 years' time, you go, oh, we made the quarterfinal in 2002. Oh, but we made the semi-final in 96 and 1990. You'll completely skip that noughties period of your Rooney, yeah. your Gerrard, your Terry's, you know, probably forget Matthew Upson and a few people, Rob Green and a few people like that, which is a good thing. <laughs> but then, you know, this, this period of time will stand out as well because in, in three years, we've got two semi-finals. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this this, this morning and I was like, all the, all the heroes when I was a kid, there's just nothing anymore, right? Because all of a sudden, it's a, it's the names of this squad that are going to be remembered. Even, no matter what happens on Sunday, they're going to be remembered. And um, obviously, like Beckham's always going to be a thing because he's the first big celebrity and whatever. But some of these other names are going to fade away a little bit. And like it's always a little bit sad when you're watching these games sometimes and they have like a... Lampard or Ferdinand, Ferdinand there, yeah. and you're like, oh, I just wanted you to achieve that so much, and you'll have to just sit there and watch a team that, in the arguably in the collective minds of the nation, aren't as well known as you guys, achieve what you were meant to, like, you well, know, what you were hoped you, up to. If you look at the club career of Rio Ferdinand and Frank Lampard, none of the players in the in the current England squad are going to match that. No, no one else is going to score 230 odd goals from midfield. Lamp- Lampard's a genius when it comes to that, you know, which is in, and his career internationally will be somewhat superseded by this team of youngsters. Um, what, what's worse, hypothetically, if we do win on Sunday, what happens to the legacy of 66? Yeah, I suppose yeah. they were the first, but um, and also they won the big one still, yeah, that's true. It is, it just. Did say that last week. Yeah, next, it does. Yeah. It will. It will become a little bit like they did so well. They won the Euros. If, if this happens, or they did so well to get to the final of the Euros, but nobody. It's still become that it's been sixty years, sixty-five years, seven years since we got to a World Cup final and World Cup won a World Cup. That will become the new gauntlet to chase, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, here's a weird one as well. Did we do a creation? <laughs> in terms of <clears throat> they scored a free kick early and we win an extra time. Yeah. This is exact, exactly what Croatia done to us in 2018. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we said, said it a little bit earlier, the Danish are going to feel hard done by. And, um, you know, in some ways, rightly so. In other ways, not so much. And that's probably been the case for England a lot of times. We feel hard done by. And probably sometimes we, we shouldn't have, sometimes we should have. But... Um, yeah, but like 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 you said earlier, sometimes you just need that little bit of luck and stuff on your side. And uh, we see it any, any time of cup football. Whenever you see a a team that weren't favourites go far, it's because they, they it's generally because they had a little bit of luck on their side, or they weren't conceding. And we've had both of those things sort of happening with us. So, it's the exact same with the Portugal side in 2016 as well. Yeah. They, their, their team this time around in the 2020 tournament was on paper far, far superior. Um, but sure. 2016, yeah, they were driving out 1-0 victories, weren't they? That's fair enough. Um, what was great to see at the end of the game was the celebrations from the players as well. It looked like they were really soaking it in, enjoying the moment. Um, and they it's the first time I've seen that England squad on the same side as the press, on the same side as the media and on the same side as the fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like you can't underestimate the work that's gone into making 
England so approachable again and reflect like uh, people's you know reflect the nation and reflect people's beliefs because all right you have the golden generation they treat you like celebrities and you know paparazzi and wags and all this sort of stuff going on and then you had Roy Hodgson's team of like sort of bunch of misfits wasn't it yeah, a bunch of misfits that people just didn't care about, couldn't see themselves in. Like Roy, Hod- Roy Hodgson, what he did was he treated the national job like a club and he picked a player and if they just kept performing for him, no matter what they were doing elsewhere, he was like, you're my boy, it's fine, you're going to be here. And that's not how you run a national side. So you've got to be ruthless and drop people and bring in the next big thing like as soon as it happens, right? And he didn't have that about him. And because of that, there was a disconnect between England and fans. And all of a sudden, the, the, the connection is back. And they've been trained. Obviously, Gareth has made them sure they're media friendly. He's made sure they do the right things to be reported in the right way, to stop in the pitfalls of the golden generation. And it's like, it's just the perfect time for England to actually start playing well as well, right? Because now you've got all this going on at once. And hopefully that, that's a good time. It's going to help England continue to be a big force in international football absolutely and one thing I'm proud to say we both kind of said as well if you go back to episode one of this series and even in the Team of Lives podcast I'm sure we said it as well we've always backed Southgate we've always backed him because of the work he'd done with the under 21s and the under 23s he is the perfect person having lost and missed a penalty in 96 and have all that ridicule he is the perfect person to bring everyone together tactically yeah, maybe maybe not be the most gifted, um, but he's, he's done it. He's got us there. And all those people now who are admitting they're wrong, it's quite humbling to see. Yeah. And maybe proves the point that we should be getting paid to do this. Yeah, for sure. I, I've said, yeah, I've said before, the first time I realised, that you know, first time I saw the news that he had been given the job, I was a bit like, right, okay. <laughs> but, you know, you just, you go, we got to trust it. Like he did all right with the under 21s and that's it. You just got to keep, you got to trust them and trust them. And he's just always rewarding that trust. And, you know, who knows? He might, he might soon be Sir Gareth if things go oh, right. 100%. And uh, he's going to be remembered as a great, you know, the greatest English manager since Sir Alf Ramsey. And no one can take it away from him now. Um, obviously, you know, things might still happen where, you know, it, it, it sours later on in his career or whatever. But I think it'd be really interesting to see once he retires from international football, where clubs value him and what sort yeah, of offers he gets. If he'd take it, I mean, if you, if you win a major show for England, that's you as an after dinner speaker sorted for the rest of your life, isn't it? Yeah, you can retire forever. Exactly. Easy. No more pints you'll be buying, sir. Um, Quick question. We spoke about celebrations. What do you make of Sweet Caroline? Yeah, it's an odd one, right? Because uh, I was when we were watching it, uh, someone brought it up and said, "What? Why do they sing that?" And I was like, "Oh, I actually, you know, I think it's just this quite new thing." And I looked it up, and then it's just like it's been played in American sports for ages. Been played at cricket, and it just sort of caught on this year, right? Um, but it's going to stay forever now because of the association with this tournament. So we've got to get on board of it at some point. <laughs> oh, I'm slowly getting there. Like, it's, it's, it, I think it goes in, it works in well with the pub culture. I don't know if you've ever been to the darts, 
Um, but it's a, it's a good one to sing at the darts as well um, as part of the atmosphere. But it was a song released by Neil Diamond in 1969. Great song. Um, yeah. But it, it was written about um, John F. Kennedy's daughter. So it's like, it's, it's weird how these songs are plucked out of nowhere. I'm just, what, what could be the next anthem, I was thinking? It, was, it, it could, be, could be anything, really, if that's, if that's, a, if that's a parameter. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it could be anything. Like, uh, you've seen before, we've seen all weird songs. We saw like this year with Scotland and uh, I Can Boogie. We've seen yeah. Islands make Wings of Desire into Will Griggs on Fire. Like, you just can't predict <laughs> these things, man. You just oh, can't predict them. It just happens. That's a good idea. We, we need to, should we, should we, I, don't, I don't know if you can think of it from your head. What would be like a real, because they're so random as well. There's no order to what, <laughs> what song. It could be like Somewhere Over the Rainbow from like 1932 could make it. <laughs> Or I, I don't bloody know. My way, I'm by Frank Sinatra. I'm surprised it hasn't kind of made its way into the footballing world. Maybe it has somewhere um, at home. Let, let us know. Is there any footballing songs your club sings or you've heard um, that you think will be future England classic chants in the stands? There's got to be one. Chelsea Dagger. I'm surprised didn't make an appearance. So every football ground you hear that though. Maybe they didn't play it because of yeah Chelsea fans. Yeah. You know, at Portsmouth, for some reason, they play the Pirates Caribbean theme song every time the players come out to the pitch. That's weird. Where was it when yeah. they play um, Ecstasy of Gold? Which, for those that don't know, is the good, the bad and the ugly theme tune. Da-da, I don't know. It's so random, I can't think would have it. Yeah, it was, it was just like building up this. Like, the thing is, it's like a 20 minute song that's like built up. The players must be in the tunnel, like, come on, let us out. Uh, <laughs> they'll get like, the Portsmouth one makes a little bit of sense because they're like, oh, pirates and naval town. Not that yeah. there's ever pirates in Portsmouth, but you know. But, <laughs> but I can't think of where it would be like, oh, we have a connection with cowboys. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. Is it's a great, it's a great train to be fair. It is weird. It is. Maybe maybe we'll play it later in this oh. to build up build up to the final. Right, shall we move on to the actual game itself? Yes. <laughs> um, the actual game. I'm, I'm just going to go through this in the, the random order. I've kind of got it down. Um, so we got a lot of flack for our penalty that wasn't a penalty, and you know I kind of half agree, but I'd argue that their free kick probably wasn't a free kick either that they ended up scoring yeah. from, and their free kick was absolutely delicious. It was. It was like two foot over our wall that jumped and then dipped just under the crossbar. It was a sensational yeah. hit, hit, wasn't it? Amazing. Absolutely beautiful. Um, one criticism I would make, although it's not my job to do so, and we got the job done anyway, is that I would have played with a back five because um, their back five were sensational. The two wing backs, as we predicted, uh, Stig Larson and uh, Mella, were causing nightmares. Those are the creative players for Denmark that were, that were doing the damage uh, in possession-wise. I just felt like we were too narrow at times and we kind of maybe needed to match that. But, you know, all said and done, I thought it was a bit risky playing the back four. Um, but Kyle Walker's pace, particularly in the first half, he redeemed himself for looking a bit clumsy against Ukraine at times um, yeah. and Germany. Um, so fair play to Walker. He definitely starts at the weekend no matter what. Um, very impressed, impressed by Mason Mount as well. I thought his ball control and his delivery, and his you know he just doesn't let pressure get to him. It just seems absolutely sensational. Yeah, yeah. Despite and what the patience he had as well. Denmark had 
like pretty much all the possession for like 60 minutes, the first 60 minutes, it felt like. Um, so the patience of Mount and those midfield players to kind of just wait their turn to stick a foot in and pass it around was sensational. And then on the flip side, you know, extra time, it's the England fans going, oh, wait, oh, wait, <laughs> like as they are passing it because their defensive game management was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing you can definitely say about the England side, and sometimes it's frustrating in, in its own way. But they, they definitely feel com- they definitely look comfortable on the ball, and they definitely look like they in control. Even when they're one nil down at times, they they can the way they move and pass the ball around. They're so patient, they're so, and that makes it frustrating sometimes because you just want to see them attack. But looking at it as like a tactical thing, it's actually great, isn't it? And yeah, Mount. I, I've seen a lot of people criticise Mount, and I, I don't see it. I, I think he looks. I was so happy to see him back on the pitch and I, I just, I think he just brings something that it, it's just like, he can just control the midfield like a lot better than we've been seeing with just Rice and Phillips by himself. And, uh, he defends well as well. He gets back. He's probably, yeah. I'd argue he's probably one of the best passes of all in that team. Yeah. And his, sure. contro- his control is unmatched as well. Yeah. He's yeah, he's uh he's got a good shot from outside the box as well. And sometimes, you know, that might work. That might work. Do you yeah. think Southgate's I know we touched on it briefly already? Did was Southgate's team talk at full time? Was it don't go to pens? Because it did seem like we went from fourth gear to fifth yeah. after you know, in extra time. Yeah, it, it could well have been. I mean, it could it could have been uh, I can imagine very much him talent in that, but I think it could have just as well easily been this is, you know, a semi-final at Wembley. This is never happening again in your playing career. Like, you've got to take it and you've got to run with it. Like, you can imagine even saying to him, like, so many great players never got this opportunity and listed the names and saying, but you guys have got it. You've the ones who deserve this. You're the names that are going to be remembered. Go and make it happen. It could have been, it could have been anything like that, you know, uh, just what what I'd, what I'd pay to be a fly on the wall. And it, I'm sure they've got cameras in there and I'm sure they're ready to bring out some documentary on Amazon Prime at some point, uh, no matter which way it goes. I'm sure that's yeah. happening. Hopefully. That would be, oh, be such a good idea. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, maybe those are the guys leaking the team sheets. Yeah, maybe. It was Amazon Prime, fucking Jeff Bezos. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, fair enough. Um, Sterling and Maguire had um, absolutely amazing performances again. Uh, Maguire, unlikely to get a yellow, in my opinion, but he was he was winning things in the air that he had no right to win because that Danish yeah. defense, you know, all of them are six foot plus, and he was still getting you know, dibs on the ball. Um, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be that'll be that'll be dangerous against Italy. Although Italy have also got Kilini and Benucci at the back. You know, Maguire's. I'm never going to say he's a better defender than those two, but in the air, he's probably one of the best players. Oh yeah, and I thought he had a hard job, man. Because the uh, the Danish centre back who was marking him, he was massive, wasn't he? So that's the guard, yeah. Yeah, he's he's huge. <laughs> but every time I'm like, oh, why? I was almost like, oh, stop putting balls in because like try and play along the ground because they're gonna win it. But the fact that he got his head on it a few times, okay, you know, it didn't. Uh, go to the net but the fact he even managed to get there a few times was like pretty impressive and yeah defensively he looks solid doesn't he he looks like 
someone who had a point to prove and he's really gone out to prove it. Absolutely. Um, and, and the fact that he's a, before this tournament, he had to play for seven weeks. It's just mental, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's playing, he's playing with his heart on his sleeve and that's a good thing as well. And so is uh, Raheem Sterling. Um, I know we've talked about it for a couple of episodes previously of how much he's proven people wrong. Even people in the first, in the group stages were slagging them off. Yeah. Um, for me, I generally think he's a player for player of the tournament. Um, he's oh, got a decent sure. amount of goals, a decent amount of assists. But you know what he's going to do. He's going to run at you. He's going to take you on. He's going to try and dribble past you, but you still can't stop it. And yeah. that, to me, is what makes a world-class player. You know what Messi's going to do. You know what Ronaldo's going to do. You can't stop it. It's the yeah. same with Sterling. Obviously, different ballpark. In the, I'm just using that as, a, as an analogy, really. But Sterling, sure, it was yeah. out, he was astounding in that game. Yeah. I don't know what else we can say about him. Like He's been brilliant throughout this tournament. And that whole cliche thing of, of with Sterling, of like, you know, they kept pushing for years. Of It's what he does off the ball. Like, he's proven that as well, like, for sure. Like, you see how he creates space and, like, how it allows... Kane to move and the way he looks for passes he's been pulling off and just I said I said it on here before it must be so frustrating to, to play against it's just it's always got something and uh, I thought I thought Saka was playing amazing as well um, yeah, he went very sim- for the end goal didn't he yeah. yeah it's a very like similar like sort of style in a way but he's just running at people he's creating problems and they just don't know what to do with him and do, do you think you hope was- Sorry, do you think he will leave Arsenal? Because they seem to waste him. Oh. He, he's, he's on their bench. I don't even think of that. Yeah, I, I, I said this during the game because uh, John, who I was watching with, is a Tottenham fan. And, and so I was like, you know, good old Arsenal player. But then I was like, Arsenal got to be... Like, if Arsenal aren't careful, he's going to go. I was like, he's city-bound at some point. Yeah, he looks exactly like a Pep Guardiola player. Yeah. And Ricky Mays. If uh if Arsenal don't start you know improving rapidly, I can definitely see him in that uh, sky blue kit. See, we've got a Man City name, isn't he? Saka. It's a kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> kind of name they go for. Torres, Aguero. Oh, he's gone. You know what I mean? Um, fair <laughs> enough. So let's, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's go to the penalty um, itself. <laughs> um, we've spoken about whether or not it's a penalty and I think we've seen him given we've seen him not given it's probably a generous yeah. statement to make um, but yeah as we've said as well Maradona Simeone Lampard Bernardo Rooney all these things we were going against us in the past I'm glad this one went for us and I am beyond thrilled it didn't get to penalties because I think I would have died in the pub I don't think my yeah. heart would have taken it you know I was getting up and walking around pacing you know <laughs> anyway um so, I, you know, thank God, if we went to penalties, fuck knows what I would have done. Um, I probably would have tried to stab myself with a carvery knife or something. But uh, in, in the final, I'm not, I'm not too bothered because we've got to the final. As long as we don't get dicked 4-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what, sure. Spain, what, what Spain done to Italy in 2012. As long as we don't get dicked 4-0, I'll take anything under that. I know that's this is a stupid thing to say. I should be saying... Let's go and win. Um, and if we are going to win, I do think it will be 1-0, by the way. But we'll answer that in a minute. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more than happy with being beaten 3-0 and us playing relatively well and it being two late goals, you know. Um, 
Oh, I'm not okay. Maybe more than happy is an exaggeration. Or maybe more. I mean, I mean, am I Italian? Um, um, okay, I won't be happy at all, but I can take losing the final. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on. Yeah, I think as well. You know, we even though we're here in this wonderful like bizarre world where England are in a final we're still England fans so we're still like what's when's the penny going to drop what's going to go wrong so I can I totally understand what you're saying like, I'll be so happy just just being there but you know a loss isn't the worst thing but it's got to be it's, you know it's got to be coming home hasn't it we've we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get onto it we'll get onto it um so Kane's penalty this is I'll, I'll do a, I'll, I'll do a reenaction of my uh, my my emotions in my face. If you're watching, but if you're listening, this is a reaction of me watching Kane's penalty. Hmm, Kane. Well, if you're going to bet on any player, it's going to be him. You fucking way! <laughs> that, was, that was my exact reaction. Oh, it was the worst penalty I've ever seen him take. Oh, it was terrible. And then that spice of luck once again that Schmeichel parried it into. Kane's path who stopped it away. Um, thank God it didn't go to penalties because yeah, Kane's on a Jordan Henderson. He, he was, oh, it was such a bad pen. I'm still angry at him for that for making me <laughs> shit myself for all but a millisecond. He he ah, oh, he normally smacks him in the roof of the net, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah, for me, it, yeah, very similar. I was a uh, sat there penalty guys. Just like already cheering like it's a goal for a second, You're like yes, and then um, you have that, like yeah, you have you have that moment where you're like, oh, it's Michael, he is a good penalty stopper. I mean, like, oh, but it's Kane. You know, if anyone's going to score a penalty, it's going to be Kane. And then yeah, as soon as, as soon as he saves it, it's like oh shit. But I was just instead of that, I was just like follow in, follow in. <laughs> and when he did, oh mate, it was. Wonderful. My dog was so scared of me after that. It was just looking at me like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point about Schmeichel, actually. I I think he's probably one of the most, he's 34 years old. He's probably one of the most underrated goalkeepers in the world and has been for quite some time. Yeah. He went from nearly being relegated with Leicester to winning the Premier League. Won the FA Cup more recently. Each week in the Premier League, he's making saves that just don't go notice because he's playing for Leicester against Aston Villa or Burnley or someone like that. So they're just not being picked up on, I believe. And also he's in his father's shadow of the yeah. greatest goalkeeper the Premier League's probably ever seen. Casper Michael for internationally and for Leicester just is sensational. Oh yeah. He's, uh, I was saying yesterday that I'm, in some ways I'm surprised that one of the bigger teams never took a chance on him. Um, but also, I can see why he's happy at Leicester, and I, I think playing for Leicester you, generally has that sort of feel about it as well. It's like you probably could go to one of the other big teams, but and, and be more and be more noticed. But if you stay at Leicester, you're probably not going to be noticed as much. But Leicester are a team that don't really need to sell you. They're doing so well that they don't actually have to sell these players. So it is a bit of a thankless task to play for Leicester in some ways. But you know they're picking up. You can say he's picked up an FA Cup winners medal and the Premier League winners medal, so he's going to be happy at the end of his career. He doesn't have to move to a big team to feel like he's achieved 
stuff. He's won the biggest trophies there are to win in England. Absolutely. Nearly replicated his dad's success at the Euros. Loser. Um, <laughs> okay, one, one, one last thing before we move on to um, Spain, Italy. Yes, there was another semi-final. You've probably forgotten. Um, in an alternative universe, big Sam Allardyce is at home. He decides not to have a drink and spill the beans about uh, certain legalities revolving the FA and certain jobs. He still becomes the England manager. He is technically the most successful manager we've ever had because he's never lost, despite only being in charge for one game. Where does Big Sam take this squad? God knows, man. Uh, I think somehow he's he's still trying to fit Gerard and Lampard into the equation. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, seriously, I'm, you know, it would be. JJ Orkinshaw, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm all going to do. We're going to put Kevin Nolan in golf for the first half and up front for the second half. No, I think, you know, it's hard because. You can. I am going to say oh, I'd probably be direct football, and we probably wouldn't, you know, have got out of the groups or maybe not qualified. Who knows? But to be fair to the man, he has pulled off some weird things with some weird, weird clubs. So you don't know. But I can't imagine we're having the success we are with Big Sam. I can't. I can't imagine he would have started Sterling, or I don't think he would have trusted the young players such as Foden or Mount. No. Or Saka, I don't think they would have got a look in either. Um, so, uh, yeah, stick to uh, relegating West Brom, please. <laughs> there we go, then. Uh, that's the end of the England-Denmark game. Um, we could talk about that all day, but, you know, we realise people have got lives. Um, very quickly, then, Spain v Italy was the other semi-final, in case you have forgotten. It was uh, went to penalties. I think it was 4-1 well on pens in the end. Um, so I was surprised um, Spain were probably the better team over 90 minutes yeah Spain they looked they definitely looked the better team and I think they went out and but like we said they could play either way right and they went out and played that style of football that only Spain can and they sort of looked reminiscent of a old school Spain but um, obviously didn't quite have the uh execution of a team like that um, but no. they, they just they just fluffed so many chances that they could have easily have been for ones in the final for sure yeah that's that was to be fair that's another thing we got correct as well we both said despite Spain winning 5-0 against Slovakia and putting five pass to whoever it was we still said you know what I still don't trust them to score goals even though they just scored yeah. five past Slovakia, you know what? I still don't trust them. And we were right because they get to a big semi-final against Italy and Italy get one chance on the break and Chiesa scores and they've had fuck all possession. Then it's all panic stations and uh, Morata scores in the 80th minute. Um, and yeah, they deserve that goal. Probably deserve that goal. And uh, Danny Olmo as well, absolutely played out of his skin he's an absolutely sensational player definitely yeah. definitely one to watch There's the future definitely a few key figures in that uh, Spain side and uh, yeah uh, I mean I thought Busquets just sort of 
was playing out of his skin. I thought Pedri looked like he could be, you know, for the next big thing. Like, there's definitely encouragement for Spain in the next few tournaments. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, at the beginning of it were like, oh, they're just not, they're just not for Spain, you remember. But they got flashes of greatness. And if they can continue that, they'll be, they will be a force in the next few tournaments again. Absolutely. Italy didn't really have many chances every 90 minutes, but as soon as extra time kicked in, they kind of done what England done and mm. just went, found, found another gear and they were by far the better team. They were creating chances left, right and centre. I think if you looked at both their teams, you'd probably say Italy has a better bench and maybe more squad rotation. Um, and then obviously went to the dreaded penalties and Spain seemed to copy what Switzerland done to them. Yeah. And uh, just sky them and just tap them in, and it, it would it it, it it would be Morata that missed it as well. Oh, of course, yeah. It was a uh, it was it was a very good game to watch actually because what it, for, from the Italy point of view, like what they what they were very good at was just controlling the uh, their defense, like for, for control they have of their defense, and the the amount of times they would put a stop to an attack, like. They're very good at that. And that's going to be very hard for England to deal with. But, um, mate, to go to extra time and then to penalties, it was, you know, as a as a neutral fan, it was wonderful to watch that. And, and then also it was a reminder of, we can't do this tomorrow, wasn't it? Like, you sat there going, I, I can't imagine being an Italian or a Spanish fan right now. I don't want to have to do that. And, uh, yeah, and I, I think he, I think England would look at it and gone. All right, but either team would look, you know, look good, but we could probably play well against. And um, for me, it was very entertaining, but it's just been forgotten, man. <laughs> I can't yeah. even remember too much about it. This is why we're not going to spend too much time on it. Um, I think Italy, I think England's game management has probably been one of their stronger points in this tournament. For sure. Only superseded by uh, Mancini and Italy, I believe. Yeah. And as you were just saying then as well, it was it was their just their management of what to do off the ball. Yeah, just I don't, you don't see any other team matching that, including England, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, absolutely sensational. I loved Jorginho uh, Kilini's when it went to penalties. Him and he was fucking about with Jordi yeah. Alba. He just he was. I don't know if that was just it was either one of two things because Kilini is he is to quote your mother-in-law, captain football. He's 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 been at Juventus since 2005. He's been playing since the, you know 2000 as a senior pro. Yeah, he's done everything there is to do in the game, and he is still at the age of 36, regarded as one of the best defenders of all time, and he's still playing, sure. um, which is ridiculous. He's one of my favourite players of all time too. I do as I love Italian football. Um, I don't know if he was doing what he was doing. He was kind of like hugging Alba when they were doing the coin toss. They were joking around. He was giving, punching him in the head, like really, really positive and upbeat. I don't know if he was doing that because he loves the game, as in he loves football. <laughs> he loves, you know, how this game can mean so much to people on, on, on a penalty or a coin, a coin flip, as it was in that moment. Or I don't know if he was doing it some sort of reverse psychology of look <laughs> I'm so chilled I'm not bothered this is all going to be a lot of fun it'll be over in a minute I yeah. don't know if it was like a psychological thing he was doing on purpose or if he was genuinely 
so upbeat and you know ready for it. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine uh, an England player doing that. That was that was my sort of initial thought. Was like I couldn't imagine England and Italy having this sort of uh, laugh because, or England and Spain have that sort of laugh. Even earlier in the game, you saw um, uh, one of the Italian players sort of like at one point having a bit of a laugh with the Spanish manager just while he stood at the side. Like there was definitely a bit more of a friendly feel to it. So I think maybe yeah, he definitely sort of exploited that a little bit <laughs> there and started to like turn the screw a little bit already. But um, man, he's, he's a wonderful player and I'd love to know what was being said there, but I definitely can't lip read and I definitely can't lip read Italian or Spanish. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and funny enough, my, my, my brother's an Englishman who's living in Italy. So that'll be an interesting, not that I, I don't think he really likes football, but um, <laughs> could, be, could be interesting for him on Sunday. For sure. But it's time now to predict the final. Cue the music. Italy v England, Sunday, 8 o'clock at Wembley. Is it coming home? Italy, beautiful language, beautiful history, beautiful food, pizza, pasta, carbonara, England, Yorkshire puddings, chips. (laughs) Italy, beautiful, stunning fashion and supermodels. England, Lip injections and fake tits. <laughs> Italy, defensive, free-flowing, beautiful football. England, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Italy versus England, 2020 European Championship final. important game potentially in our lifetime how does that sound <laughs> oh man I can't. when you put it like that and I've only just thought of putting it, putting it like that when you <laughs> put it like when you put it like that the most important game in our lifetime we might never see the three lions in a final again not just a final a final at Wembley in London England the United yeah. Kingdom, the world, Earth, <laughs> the Milky Way. <laughs> that might never happen again. No, right? it hasn't sunk, I don't know about you, but it hasn't sunk into me. What I watched last night, England Denmark, that was a game of FIFA, for what I'm concerned. I've got no emotion. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I still don't believe it's happened because we haven't got. I think because we, the disappointment we have as England fans is based upon 55 years of history. Oh, for sure. You can't just wipe that away in 24 hours. 
but it's a reality. We're in another final. Could you imagine being a fan of a country do this repeatedly? It'd be boring. (laughs) Yeah. It's a ninth final. Oh, not again. Yeah. I'm going to ask you again. Does it matter for England fans or have we already succeeded? We we have already succeeded, for sure. Um, But to truly make this that special, special thing and not for it just to become another thing of remember when we got to the semi, we got to the final, but we lost on penalties or we lost to Italy 2-0. Like, remember when we got to the final when uh, VAR broke and then uh, we got a goal disallowed across the line. <laughs> it's going to be something like that. You can kind of predict it already. Um, but we've got a home advantage to somewhat. Yeah, we've got to um, win it, man. We've got to yeah, win it. We have to. But I wouldn't be... I, I still would be very happy and proud just to have seen him in a final in my lifetime. But to say to see him win it, I can't imagine how crazy... I can't imagine how I would feel on Sunday night, England champions of, Euro, of Europe. I don't know how I'd feel if that happens. Yeah, it's going to take a while to sink in. Have you got an excuse ready for Monday morning? Why not to turn up to work? <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for it to be declared a bank holiday. Boris sort of jokingly hinted it earlier today. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's <laughs> going to work. I mean, I'm hoping most companies would just be kind of like, you know, a bit forward thinking about it and go, you know what? Take it easy today, chaps. Yeah. I've, or just go, or alternatively, you. just go with the classic, I've shat myself. No one's going to question that. <laughs> like, I've shat myself. Hang out. Like, I've shat myself, but I'm, I'm still going to try and come in. I'm walking up the road. Um, my trousers around my ankles. I've got brown all over me. <laughs> but, I'm, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm still trying to get in. And they'd be like, Dave, just stay at home. <laughs> I'm not Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I tell you, I was a little bit annoyed earlier. I saw a, a thing on Facebook where it's like the co-op saying how good they are. That on Sunday they're going to close at seven forty-five, so all their staff can go home and watch the England game. So it's like, hang on, you're going to shut fifteen minutes early on a Sunday when most people don't have to worry about you know working anyway, and you're blo- and you're like boasting about it on Facebook as like. What an amazing company we are. I'm pretty sure most people live 15 minutes away from their workplace. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that's very true. I feel sorry. Well, imagine that one person who's like forgotten the milk. It doesn't watch football. (laughs) What do I mean you're shut because playing football? Ridiculous. And it goes back to what you said in the last podcast. There's no other sport in the world that gets the priority that England does. No. That football does. So even. it's, it's absolutely mad. Um, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. This is Italy. It will be Italy's 10th major final. Yeah. Will their experience pay off, or will it be another stroke of luck that seems to be happening over the f- last few games with England? Uh, my, I just really hope it's going to be England. Uh, I, it's so hard to predict the scoreline because both teams... Don't concede a lot. Both teams don't score massive amounts generally. 
Um, but just, I think it could be another 2 1, honestly. I think, it could, and hopefully, I'm hoping it'll be 2 1 England. I'm scared it would be like 2 1 Italy. <laughs> I think it's going to be that tight. It's going to be, you know, we'll probably both get a goal in the first half and then it'll be a battle for that second goal again. And uh, yeah, we've got to say hopefully it's going England's way. With Italy's defence and Donnarumma in goal, fucking hell, how are you going to score? Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Although... I, did, I, I think the two right teams are in the final. Like Defensively, the two best teams are in the final once again. This yeah. is what, I, I tell you what annoys me. It's like, I, don't, I still don't really like Southgate. He's too defensive. The two best defensive teams have made it to the final. Yeah. I mean, 2016, works, 20, 2016, the two best defensive teams made it to the final. Shut the fuck up. I don't care if you find it boring. Defensive it's succe- football it's, it's, it succeeds. Yeah, defensive football is perfect for cup football. It's perfect for tournaments. Because at the end of the day, if, if you're not trying to drill out results over 38-game season, you're only trying to win for eight games ahead of you. The best way to win is not lose, right? So if you don't concede, you can't lose. Look how many teams qualified from the groups with, you know, winning one game but drawing the others. Like, sometimes it's just about, you know, making sure you don't concede. It's not the the most attractive style of football, but but, but when it brings you memories and experiences like this, who cares? Exactly, yeah. People people have got short-term memories haven't they um, so you're going 2-1 I think the only way we're going to win it and I said the same for the Denmark game is 1-0 I think if we concede we've lost if we concede first it's over maybe there we go let us know what you think in the comments and uh, of course like, follow, subscribe to wherever you're we listening just, this. we just got hope the fact of it is that Wembley plays a massive part Hmm. we'll see about that we'll see we'll definitely see but yeah let, let us know what you guys think listening to this um, before the game and we'll see who's right I guess um, but that's enough topical football chat because it's time now for the first quiz of the podcast it's deal or no deal we've gone through many a team internationally from the previous podcast <laughs> of this series um, deal or no deal uh, for those guys that don't know is the quiz where it's basically true or false uh, in previous episodes uh, we've gone for England's 2004 squad the Italy 2012 squad um, and you've basically got to try and remember if you can remember who made those squads so we each select five players from a team from yesteryear and you've got to try and remember who made the squads deal for true no deal for false. I've gone a bit rogue this time. I've gone a bit strange and a bit weird. So hear me out. I've gone for the last time England made a final. <laughs> Hold on. Hold it's on. Which was obviously the men's squad. 1966, England, yeah. West Germany. I've got five of those players that you would have heard of. And I'm going to ask you, who did they play for, club the club team at the Y, at, at the time? And you've basically got to say true or false. You should know these. Oh, 
You should know these. It's kind of be embarrassing, isn't it? Because, because the players back then only really played for one club. All two, all three. Right, so do you understand? <laughs> yeah, not true. Only, I, yeah, understand I get it. So five players from the 1966 England World Cup winning squad. Who did they play for? True or false? Deal or no deal? Let's play. Number one, Bobby Charlton. Did he play for Manchester United when he won the World Cup? Deal or no deal? He did. Deal. Deal. See? Nice and easy. Number two, his brother, Jack Charlton. Did he play for Leeds United? Yes, he did. Just sure. Oh, you're making a question myself, but yeah, I'm going to deal. Deal. Because became the manager afterwards. Yeah. Number three, captain Bobby Moore. Did he play for Tottenham Hotspur at the time of the 1966 World Cup? Deal or no deal? <laughs> I don't believe he did. I'm going to say no deal. But... Correct. He was, of course, good, good. at West yeah. Ham. Good. Oh, scared me. I'm like, I'm... you're a statue of him at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. <laughs> number, number four, Gordon Banks. Was he at Leicester City? Deal or no deal? Oh, who did Banksy play for? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes, but maybe he didn't at the time of World Cup. I feel like he, yeah, I'm gonna say deal. Why not? Deal. He did. Okay. I think he um, famously played for Stoke, who's probably his team he had most appearances for. Uh, finally, number five, Alan Ball. Did he play for Liverpool? Deal or no deal? Alan Ball, Pompey legend. <laughs> play for Liverpool. Do you know what? I, I only really know him as a manager and the fact he manages, managed Pompey and Southampton. Uh, he was like for lucky little teenager, went a long one in, did all yeah. right. I'm going to say no deal, but I haven't got a clue. It's a guess. Five for five. Well, well bloody hell, he, uh, he played for Blackpool. Which, yeah, he was the lucky teenager who managed to get it into the 1966 <laughs> uh, World Cup squad. I think um, he replaced Martin. No, he didn't, because Martin Peters played, didn't he? Um, but I think, yeah, he, he was like the left back, wasn't he? Um, five for five. See, look, you're worried. You got five out of five. I just, I just thought if I get any of these wrong, it's so embarrassing. Not only did you get five <laughs> out of five, but you got five out of five in probably the quickest you've ever done that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had to listen to my dad talk about the 1966 team for so long. Like, some of it had to stick in there, didn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right, I tried to think what you've got for me now. This is what I'm going to get naught. No, no, no. I just thought I'd go for uh, England at the last Euros. And oh, shit and all. Just, you know, who was there, who wasn't. Just just simple. No, none of this. Who are they playing for? Rubbish. <laughs> Who is Wayne Rooney playing for in 2016? Oh. <laughs> so, at the uh, 2016 European Championship, Daniel Sturridge, was he there? Was he not? Um, well, I went to a match before the 2016 game, which was England-Portugal, and he scored the only goal of the game so I'm pretty sure he did go deal I don't believe he did what no deal he was pretty sure he's left out for 2016 you don't get injured 
believe you. All right, I'm gonna now you now you're saying that you you've seen things. I think I will double check myself. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. But I'm maybe pretty I'm thinking sure. of the 2014 game. I don't know. Yeah, I believe he, it, he, he was at he was at the 2014 World Cup for sure. That's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, I fucked no. myself. I fucked myself over by. Oh, he, uh, no. he did go. He did go to 2016. Where are you yeah. getting your research from? <laughs> <laughs> he did. So I was right. He, he, what, what I'm, I'll explain in a minute, but he was at 2014 and he, and he was in 2016. Sterling, 2016. Deal. Yeah, of course he was. Rashford, 2016. How old is he now? He's 23. I think. Mm-hmm. So he would have been 17. No deal. He was there. He's part of the five attackers he took. Was um, he really? He was oh. he was just a teenager, as you said. Like it was a it was the biggest sort of like shock person, although he did well. The like, ball yeah. of his day. Yeah. yeah. Uh Stones. He must have been there. 2016. Everton. He was indeed, yeah. And then last but not least, Portsmouth born Oxley Chamberlain. Deal. He didn't go in 2016. Not. No. I, I possibly injured actually. But um because obviously he was, he was involved in uh, 2014, but not in 2016. But what I thought very interesting is that when you look at the 2016 team, you have Sterling, Rashford, Stones, Henderson, Kane, and I believe maybe oh Walker. Okay. Yeah, and I, I believe that's it. I believe out, there's just six from the last Euros that have made it to this Euros. And uh, obviously Rashford just about counts because obviously he was a fringe player of the time. But I think it's very interesting that you could, because I could go through that team. There's so, there's so many people that are like, what are they doing there? I went for like bigger names, hoping to like trick you uh, a bit. But uh, Southgate's really like changed the side, man. When you look at what Roy was selecting, it's it's crazy. Absolutely. Well, you coherently won that round. Fair play. Fair play indeed. Should have done better there, really. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. But it's time now for the coveted final section of the show, which everyone's looking forward to. It's the semi-final <laughs> of what's in your panini. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us for the first time, this is the unofficial, official Euro 2020 <laughs> sticker book game. If you are a fan of football, you'll know all about Panini stickers. You, know, you may collect them in the Premiership or in Serie A or wherever you watch, listen and play football. Um, so every every tournament, they do a spe- special tournament version, the UEFA Euro 2020 Championship stickers, obviously this time around, by Panini, which is why it's called What's in Your Panini. Me and Harry over the series have been battling out against each other. We live on air or on the podcast open a sealed packet we open the five stickers inside, put them face down on our individual tables. And like penalties, 
we draw against each other to, who, to see who's got the better player. Whoever has the best player gets a point. Now, remarkably, it's somehow 13 all. 13 apiece. I was, I was miles behind at one point. Managed to uh, claw it back. Um, so, without further ado, Harry, can you open your sealed packet close to the microphone? There we go. Nice rip. I'll do the same. Lovely. There we go. So as we prepare our packets onto our tables, we will draw against each other. And this is this is the semi-final. So on Sunday, when we ever do the podcast for that, it'll be the final. Which is nuts. <laughs> and it's so close as well. So this needs to be a close one for an interesting final, really. Yeah, really. Although it's going to be within five, isn't it? So we've kind of set ourselves up quite nicely for it. Um, without further ado, let's play. What's in your panini? Harry, who have you got first? All right, let's have a look. Uh, Danilo, Danilo Pereira of Portugal. Danilo Pereira. Solid player. Not the best. Yeah, not, not too but bad. Portuguese. Beable, but not, not, not too bad. It's one of those in the middle. I have Slovakian lost this round because it's <laughs> <laughs> Russian Fedor oh. Kudrasharov. Not really heard yeah, of honest. I'm, I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah, one nil to Harry. I'm going to have a pack full of Russians, I can tell. Who's next? <laughs> a pack full of Russians doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> Russian dolls. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is interesting uh, oh, because no. it's a shiny... But it's right. Hungary. They were in the group of death, but it is a shiny. But it's and they probably... did do quite well, to be fair. Well, they didn't make it out of the Long group. Long forgotten about now. Long forgotten about completely. It is a shiny. And shinies do sort of win, but let's see. No, no, no. no not that is the worst shiny <laughs> you could get, to be fair. That is the worst shiny you can well, get. Well, could you know you could put out shiny North Macedonia and I would win. I've pulled out Croatian striker Andre Kramaric. Had a good tournament, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's shiny. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> argument I can have right now. To be fair, it's a, it's a good argument. Um, yeah, Kramaric didn't really do much, did he? Oh, fair enough, I'll give you that. 2-0. Oh, what's this? I've got like an electronic tag. What's that for? <laughs> that's the Russians <laughs> Ben Ben I got like a, a people listening to this I found like an electronic tag in my packet I, I guess know. because the uh, the pack you bought like was it you know did it have an electronic tag in it so you couldn't walk out of it without paying for it yeah but by that theory I would have had an electronic tag and all the other packs have opened yeah but if it was did you buy it in like the uh, thing no, with I, the... I, no as I said on the last podcast I spilled oh, the no, yeah, in front of quite one, an attractive lady it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know then. That's weird. I thought this was going to be like, put it into your computer. You're A for a tracking you. You've won, you've won a ticket to the final. Yeah, I got really excited for a second. Big, uh, the expiration date would have been yesterday, if that was the case. Yeah, you won a ticket to the semi-final. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, who have you got? I have the it's one and old. only Timothy... Cascade of Belgium. Castagne, that's the player. Good player. 
Not bad. I, t- I told you about a fucking pack of Russians. I've got Zelikman Barkayev. I mean, it, it helps make the uh, tag make sense. The Russians yeah, yeah, I'm keeping being tracked by the Russians. Three nil. This is an awful pack. Sorry, Russians. <laughs> so you've All won right. this. You've won this round already. I, I need just points on the board for next week. Oh, mate. I need to win this one just for the name. It is Julian Baumgartlinger of Austria. Baumgartlinger of Austria. Good player. What a oh, name. God. Beautiful I've... name. Oh, you fucking sluts. I've got a couple of uh, slave acts to choose between. I'm going to go for Albert Rusnak just because I prefer his name. Um, but Harry, 4-0. <laughs> oh, mate. To be fair, one... At one point, I was running away with it, and I'm just reclaiming that right now. Oh, oh I feel like England. Oh. Who've you got next? This is the Albert Ekdal of Sweden. I've got another Swedish. I've got the Swedish striker, Marcus oh. Berg. Oh, wow. How do we decide between two? I think it's got to be a draw, isn't it? Yeah. Two Swedes equal a draw. Two Swedes equals How many packs do you have left? Well, I have so out of the tin I bought originally, I have one left, but I do have more packs. <laughs> okay, because I've got two packs left. All right. Do you want to do should... a final double, double, double packs at the final? Yeah, we'll do double packs. No, I was going to suggest doing um, double points for the, one of the, one of the packs in the final. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but you are winning uh, 14, 17, 14. Fine, 14, 15, 16, 17. But if the last one's a draw, I get five for five, don't I? It's five stickers. Oh, no, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> 18, 14. 18, 14. There's only four. That's definitely doable with a double point pack. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, that is the conclusion of this week's podcast. It's probably been quite a long one, um, for which we do not apologise because England are in the final. It's um, coming home. It's got to be coming home. Surely it's going to be. <laughs> it absolutely has to be coming home like a homing pigeon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening and watching and just <laughs> spending your time with us more than anything. Uh, do not forget to like, subscribe uh, to wherever, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Give us a give us a nice review because we don't have to do this, um, <laughs> but we do it anyway for the for the love and the good old spirit of our our mighty England. There's going to be three lions on the shirt on Sunday, but can we roar enough to scare off the Italians? This has been Dream Your Lives. Join us next week when. We will either be very, very depressed or too excited <laughs> or too excited to record a podcast. Anyway, until then, <laughs> see you next week. Sayonara. We're not creative enough. We're not positive it's enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. We'll go on getting back. So I'm getting back. So I'm getting back. Could it be five? Yes, it is!
Kane is England's priceless gem! I think there's every chance that Wayne Rooney could go back to the Man United training ground and stick one on Ronaldo. Oh. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it! David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals! Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.